Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The Fed holds firm on interest rates and the the 30-year fixed went down. The spread has actually shrunk. I mean, I'm happy about it. Because if you can get a 30-year fixed mortgage now for seven and a half, you might see people jump on it. Doesn't that sound insane? They're going to jump. Jump on a seven and a half percent interest rate. That's crazy. Yeah, the 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 30 year fixed right now is 7.51 according to Lance Lambert. We talk to him all the time, formerly uh at uh Fortune as a real estate editor and now with his own uh site uh Resi Club Analytics, they analyze everything real estate. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, I'm just looking for a good investment. That's all. I'm just looking for a good investment. I'm wondering when we're going to see uh, things change in commercial real estate. Because clearly, if Tony Katz should be anything, he should be a slumlord. No? Now, is that is that not what I'm going to be? I'm just looking for the moment where someone says to me, but I can't pay the rent, so I can twirl my mustache and say, but you must pay the rent. How is that not the dream? It would be like the Monopoly guy, got to get a monocle. Oh, I could rock a monocle. You you watch me, I rock a monocle. 7.51. We were at 8.03, what, a week ago? That's crazy. So now, now I want to see, if, if you're somebody who is thinking of buying a house, and, and if you are uh, on X Twitter, uh, or Twitter X, or is it X Twitter? X Twitter's kind of funny. At Tony Couch, at Tony at TonyCouch.com, does the half a percent, Make you jump. Are you like, holy cow, we got a dip. Get in on the dip. And are you going to see just an explosion now in whatever whatever inventory is left getting bought up? Because I, I share this with you anecdotally. I, I, I've seen uh, price decreases. When I, 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 I'm on Realtor.com and, and, and how are these not sponsors? All the time. It's, it's the most relaxing stuff in 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 the world, and and I'm I'm seeing the price decreases. This is fascinating. But somebody said it better than me. Just an insane amount of volatility. That's the word, isn't it? Isn't the word volatility? Isn't that exactly what we're seeing? And how can that be any good? How can that provide any value? I go back to the announcement from Jerome Powell that the plan is to hold interest rates. But he admits that the economy is strong. Not strong in the way you think about it. Or I think about it. Strong in that all of the work they've done to raise interest rates hasn't reduced maybe government spend and other things, and so the economy is still moving at a pace that they think is too hot. So the interest rates don't change, but they can go up in the future. We're a long way from them going down. 
because these interest rates have uh, gone down, that, of course, would mean that the Treasury has gone down. The 10-year Treasury note to which we base the the, uh, 30-year fixed mortgages on, 4.698 right now. Earlier today, it was down to 4.631. Well, that's certainly different from a few weeks ago when you had cracked 5% and you were at 5.03 just two weeks ago. And you've seen the peaks and the valleys that have come in the 4.9s. Certainly... We're better off seeing the lower numbers. My issues with Biden, my issues with the progressive left, these Jew haters, which is now how I describe them. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to change. They are what they are until they have a reckoning in the political left. And you think that the right needs a reckoning about Trump? I got seven other people running for president. The reckoning has taken place, and some people are like, nope, our guy. And some people are like, well, I'll vote for him if I have to. And some people are like, absolutely not. But in any case, none of it changes the fact that the political left is lousy with Jew haters, and they won't even talk about it. I got plenty to discuss about the southern border. Oh, wait till we get into the caravan. Oh, I'll get to the caravan. Give me a, Just give me time, people. I'll get to everything. But I don't need 8% mortgage rates for people. Dear Lord, anybody trying to buy a car lately? Oh, and car prices are going to go up. Uh, so so you, you have uh, the UAW deal. And the UAW deal has got to get covered somehow if you're increasing all these levels of pay. And that means that you're going to uh, see uh, car prices go up. That's what it means. You're absolutely going to see uh, the the prices of cars go up. Not only UAW causes this, Toyota in the United States, seeing the UAW deal, is now taking the vast majority of employees, because those are non-union shops, and they're going to increase their pay on average 9%. Here you go. Please stay. And they've got another problem part of the reason for this pay bump. The UAW in their in their contract deal gave them some latitude to try and build out unionization with Tesla. Now, I don't think Tesla wants this at, at, at all. I think Tesla is going to look at Sean Fain, head of the UAW, in the entirety of the unionization conversation, and he's going to say, and I'm quoting... Oh, you see, if only I had timed it right. F these people. There it is, much better. That's what he's going to say. Oh, for sure he's not interested in, in, in unionization. He's going to fight that left and right, and he's going to do it aggressively. If Sean Fain, the head of the UAW, who I think came across as a giant jerk, but he got the victory, right? So what is, maybe that does part doesn't matter. He is going to push around uh, Elon Musk. He has no idea what's coming. Musk is not getting pushed around. Musk doesn't care. Hey, Musk, why did you buy Twitter? Because society was falling apart, and I thought I could do something about it. 
I mean, that is why he bought the thing. But car prices are going to go up. So what happens? What happens? If, if, if interest rates continue, car prices go up, nothing's getting sold. So interest rates coming down has a helpfulness. I don't need a horrific economy. I know there's some people who like it politically. I find the whole thing awkward. I don't need it. It's not good for anybody. No one is better off. So when I see this dip, I'm, I am pleased. I would love to see it continue. I have no, I have no faith that it's going to continue. But I will take a look at whether or not this dip has created an increase in mortgage applications. Right now, lock in the 7.5. Maybe that's just, you know, it might not be a big difference economically, but it's a big difference psychologically. That's what I want to look at. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Uh, I haven't I haven't spoken to him uh, since his launch. The last conversation I had with him was when he uh, told me he wasn't going to uh, be a member of the Democratic Policy and Communications uh, Committee. I haven't had any discussions and I don't know why um, someone uh, would uh, not do their job here uh, to campaign in a state that doesn't have any delegates. But that's uh, not a presidential strategist. No, you're just angry at Dean Phillips for running. Dean Phillips of Minnesota running for president as a Democrat against Joe Biden because Joe Biden's an old man who can't do the job. Joe Biden is so morally bereft that he can't even call out the Jew haters. Can't do it. Won't do it. Of course he's too old to do the job. Too ridiculous. Too pathetic. All the things. It's true. It's fact. It's not debate. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? 833 got Tony. You want you want to tell me he's not too old? 833-468-8669. That's the number. 833 got Tony. He is. He won't do anything about the Jew haters. He won't do anything about the border. The migrant caravan is now at 7,000 people. Do I hear 8, 9, 10? Why not? These things get organized. Organized. This starts in the southern part of Mexico, to which Mexico should be held accountable because they are not a friend. They're not a friend. And we should be very clear about this. Cuba. El Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, and Venezuela. That's what comprises uh, these, these quote-unquote migrants. And, uh, well, we should say migrants as opposed to, let's say, asylum seekers, which they'll all claim asylum. They're not. They left Monday. And they're going to try and cross the border in bloop, one shot. That's, that's the, how it's said. Bloop, just like that. These people still want to tell me that the border is fine and secure. They want to sell this. 
I, I don't know how many more times it has to be said that the border is the most important subject. Everything is about the border. Everything connects to the border. Everything. We have people crossing with explosive devices. We have people crossing from Iran. Why would any of them be allowed in the country? Immediate expulsion. Gone. We have airplanes and we have parachutes. Oh, last I heard, uh, people on the left really, really like parachutes. They're totally cool with them now. Now it's like, oh, I didn't know we could use them for that. I didn't know we could use them to slaughter Jews. Oh, now I love a good parachute. We let Chinese nationals in for no reason other than we really want to see how bad it can get. We play in this game of somehow our morality forces upon us a death sentence. It's a wrong way to think about it. If you ask if... if Standards matter. I will tell you that standards are everything. Um, when, when all you have left is the fall, the fall matters very much, let's paraphrase. You do not give up your soul for fleeting moments of peace that will never actually come. You cannot give up your soul. You cannot give up your character. You can recognize that your soul is faulty. You can recognize that your character is faulty and then make changes. But to give up a standard for the proposition of of peace or, or peace of mind doesn't work. Are we a nation of immigrants? Yes. Should we continue to be a nation that accepts immigrants Absolutely. What within that states that we can't be very selective? What within that states we can't be simply selective? What within that states we can't say no? The argument that the progressive makes, uh, the progressive who favors no borders and the destruction of of the system that we have and they believe in bringing about some kind of nirvana that will never come. They state that you, well, they'll state it like you hate brown people, right? That's how they usually do it because they're not necessarily great thinkers. But that you are a xenophobe. I do not believe it is xenophobic to say single men coming in from Iran are only here to cause damage. Now, you could say, well, Tony, you don't know that for true. I would uh, uh, agree with you. I would agree with you. But I'm not willing to take the risk based on what Iran does. You could say to me that someone coming from China is not necessarily somebody working with the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party. That's very, very possible. I am not willing to take the risk. And in both of those cases, I don't let single men into the country anyway. You have to go back and actually fight for a better nation.
you have to go back and fight for a better country. Of course you do. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to do that, well, then then I ask, why should you be allowed here? And if you think that that is somehow an offensive thing to say, uh, I'll say to you, you don't have a standard. Because I did not say that we don't take in women and children. I'm fine with taking in women and children. I'm simply saying that single men are different because there's a difference between men and women. And going further down the line, Iran is the enemy. And the Communist Chinese Party is the enemy. It's not incumbent upon me to take in people from the enemy. When they stop being the enemy, we'll see it differently. But I should risk it because of somebody else's idea, pretend fantasy regarding morality? Uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's crazy talk. A standard says that we help those who need help. That is not a standard that says we help everybody. And that is not a standard that states we help everybody regardless of the pain we do to ourselves. For what reason would we engage pain for ourselves? To prove that we are moral? To prove we have a standard? No. The standard is we have a nation. The nation has laws. The nation has a border. And we're going to respect that. That's the standard. From there, other things flow. And so they should. The problem with the political left is that they have no standard. They have emotions, and emotions don't listen to standards, don't listen to morals. Emotions change by the hour. Emotions change by the minute. Emotions is what gets you from global warming to climate change to reasons why you shouldn't be allowed to have a gas stove as opposed to a rational conversation of, hey, we've got this pollution. I think we can do some things to make some things better. I think we can engage in a smarter way as opposed to a way of force that then forces you to change your existence. So we have to take in 7,000 people coming from the south of Mexico? No. No, no, no. We don't. We don't have to take anybody in coming from the south of Mexico. We don't have to take anybody in who dares demand that they be taken. None of that is necessary. None of it. Standards don't mean you have to be forced into anything. Standards mean that you have an idea of morality that you apply. I'm Tony Katz.
What is happening with eye drops is unbelievable. If you've been following the story, it is creepy, freaky. It is frightening. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, has now put 20 different, maybe it's more now, eye drops and manufacturers, well, it's a small amount of fat manufacturers, but a larger amount of eye drops they create on a list of recalled products, potentially dangerous products. Sold at Walmart, sold at Rite Aid, sold at Target, a host of places. The issue being a problem with the actual facility that does the manufacturing. The problem is leading not to just eye irritation, but possible blindness and death. Dr. Brad Sutton joins us right now, clinical professor at the Indiana University School of Optometry and chief of service at the Indianapolis Eye Care Center. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. When were you first notified of this potential issue and what actually is the potential problem? Yeah, thanks for having me on this morning. You know, a little bit of background. A couple of months ago, there was actually um, a similar type of a situation with some less common um, artificial tears and over-the-counter homeopathic products where um, several people around the world were actually blinded by contaminated products. And as you had mentioned, a couple of them actually died because the infection in the eye got into the bloodstream and they ended up dying from, you know, basically from sepsis. Those products were being produced at a plant in uh, India, and it was found that the manufacturing uh, process was just extremely non-sterile, you know, just very poor manufacturing. And so what we're running uh, into here is that the FDA was uh, uh, examining a plant just sort of normally like they usually do, and they found, again, you know, some processes where there were bacteria, where there shouldn't be bacteria, some non-sterile conditions. So in an abundance of caution, they have pulled all of these different products that were produced at that particular plant. And so unlike the earlier situation, Tony, where people were, you know, were blinded and having issues and dying, that was then backtraced to the plant. This was more proactive. So, you know, a few weeks ago, this information came out that there was a plant that, you know, problems were found with sterility, bacterial presence, and therefore they went and, and, and put a recall on all of the drops that had been produced at that plant. Then let's ta- us take a step back before we go forward. You brought up artificial tears. Is there an actual yeah. difference in the product between an eye drop and an artificial tear? Well, an eye drop, you know, an eye drop is just a generic term for any kind of eye drop, right? Whether it's medication, whatever. Artificial tear is an eye drop that is specifically just made to, you know, lubricate the eye, you know, so it doesn't really have ingredients that are medications, they're always over the counter, et cetera. And so what we ran into in this particular situation was there were, you know, sort of generic artificial tears that were being sold. You mentioned um, the retailers, and that's what made this one kind of a problem is that there were such common retailers, you know, right, Target, CVS, Walmart, and they were all being manufactured at this particular plant where the problems were found. So the difference here is that there have not been any reports of these eye drops actually causing problems. It was kind of the reverse, where the plant was found to have a problem, so they went and recalled the drops. Talking to Dr. Brad Sutton, clinical professor at the Indiana University School of Optometry, chief of service at the Indianapolis Eye Care Center. They found bacteria, which is, by the way, something you don't want to find. What was the bacteria? What can that bacteria do? 
I don't think they necessarily said specifically what bacteria they found, um, but I'll give you an example. The earlier one from a few months ago uh, was a bacteria called Pseudomonas, which can create a very severe ocular infection that can actually melt through the ocular tissue, usually the cornea, and that's how the, the systemic situations occurred that led to death. So if it was a similar bacteria, then certainly, yeah, very, very significant. When you contaminate an eye drop with bacteria, of course, then every time you put that drop in your eye, you're, you're delivering a bacterial load. And if your body's own defenses are intact, usually you're fine. You know, it's not going to create a problem. But if you have any little abraded area or area where the surface defenses of the tissue have been disrupted, then that, then that infection can take hold. You you discussed the difference between the two things. What was found in this plant in India, because it was traced back because it had already gone out to the people, and then what a check in the United States in our system um, uh, then saw and said, hey, let's stop putting these things out. I think the bigger question is, how does the bacteria get into the plant in the first place? Yeah, good question. I mean, you know, bacteria are ubiquitous, right? I mean, they're all around us. They're everywhere. And so that's why the manufacturing processes have to have such a strict uh, sterility process, right, to, to not contaminate the, the lines of production, to not contaminate, you know, nozzles that deliver, you know, product, et cetera. And so those bacteria are everywhere. They're being carried in by people. They're being carried in on products and things. And so it's just a matter of having processes in place that keep them from, you know, contaminating areas that they're not supposed to be in. So now what comes next? So they, they find this or like, hey, we got to work on this. Is it like in the world of baby formula, which was fascinating to learn when we had the shortage of baby formula, which I should argue that we still in many cases do, that a tremendous amount of the baby formula in America is made in only just a few spots. Is that true of, of eye drops and, and artificial tears as well to where a shutdown here causes a lack of them on the store shelves? Yeah, not to that degree. There's many more manufacturing facilities, you know, in the U.S. and around the world. Um, so, yeah, not to the degree that we have with the baby formula, for sure. So now that it's found, is this every every plant in, in the world is taking a look at this? Or this is something that's easily fixed? And then when put to the shelves, how do people feel safe with using them? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think plants are probably taking much greater scrutiny right now, given that this is, you know, back-to-back situations that have occurred. You know, they, they take the processes really seriously. And outside the United States, sometimes not as much as we might hope, you know, depending upon where the manufacturing facility is. Um, I would think this has certainly made, you know, manufacturing facilities take notice and, and maybe be a little bit more cautious. But there are routine inspections, especially in the United States. So if a plant's in the U.S., there are routine inspections that the you know the FDA will will conduct that just are, are there looking for the sterility and stuff in these manufacturing processes and so there doesn't have to be necessarily a problem reported to have the plant inspected those plants undergo regular inspections and so you know what the FDA did here is said hey look you know these we could potentially have a problem based upon what we found in the plant so all of those big retailers have pulled these products from their shelves. And so basically now it was just a matter of getting the word out to the public to say, hey, if you happen to have these already in your possession, if they're one of these you know, 27 different drops that we've mentioned here, you probably don't want to use those. So what are you telling your patients? It's okay if it's on the shelf, 
you're you're fine. Are you telling them to look at uh, UPC codes? What do you suggest? Yeah, a little bit of that. And we've had a lot of patients coming in quite concerned, even with the one beforehand, you know, because that was really publicized because of the blindness and the death. And so, you know, patients are coming in like, I've been afraid to use my artificial tears because everything that I've been seeing. So a couple of things that I will typically tell them. Number one is we haven't had issues with any of the branded tear products, you know, so the big artificial tear lines, your refresh, sustain, TheraTears, those type of branded tears that aren't really sold, you know, generically through different retailers, but they have their brand name. We've had no issues with any of those. And then I always just tell them, hey, if you're concerned, look at the product that you have at home and see if it matches any of the ones that have been recalled. And we have a list of all those here that we can hand out to the patient. And then we just assure them that if, you know, if you have that, throw it away. If you haven't had a problem yet, you're not going to develop one now. You know, you would have done it by now. And then just get rid of that. And then here you can use these branded tier product samples that we give you here. That is Dr. Brad Sutton, clinical professor at the Indiana University School of Optometry and the chief of service at the Indianapolis Eye Care Center. Dr. Sutton, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. The Monopoly man does not have a monocle. That's an example of the Mandela effect. Christopher is correct. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. I said earlier, I was talking about the, the Fed and holding rates. You know, I could, I could, you know, I could be a, like to be a landlord. You know, and I could, you know, you know, some of you like, I can't pay the rent. And I could be twirling my mustache saying you must pay the rent. You know, like have a monocle like the Monopoly man. I could rock a monocle, which is still true. I could totally rock a monocle. But it turns out that the Monopoly man does not have a monocle. It's an example of something called the Mandela effect. You might not know what it is. It's fascinating. It is the idea of a mass group misremembering. It's super weird. It started with uh, uh, an, an author um, where she noticed that she was at a conference. She was discussing how Nelson Mandela died in a South African prison in the 1980s. And other people were remembering, oh yeah, I remember this and I remember that. Mandela didn't die in a South African prison. In the 1980s, Mandela died in 2013. But she noted that these people were all discussing it in detail. They knew it. There are these things that we accept as as like the given, and they're not, and they and they build into the collective consciousness. Like, for example, uh, one of the great examples uh, is is uh, Empire Strikes Back. Luke, I am your father. That's, I mean, it gets quoted everywhere. Luke, I am your father. That's not the line. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Not true. That's a 
No, I am your father is the line, but everybody remembers Luke, I am your father. Everybody remembers it. I'll, I'll give you a, another one. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Something that producer Jason says every time he, 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 he gets himself ready for, for this show. Always. Mirror, mirror on the wall, and the rest is, uh, who, who's the fairest of them all? Except that is not the line. From Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Famed is thy beauty, Mirror. Don't tell him anything! They then played it off in other movies like uh, like Shrek. It's not mirror mirror. It's magic mirror. We think we remember these things. And they get baked into the collective conscience. Okay, that's that's what we remember, but it isn't true. It isn't real. The Monopoly Man does not have a freaking monocle. Now, the fact that you could go about searching it up and finding the Monopoly Man uh, wearing a monocle, that doesn't mean that that's what he has. The original Monopoly Man... Who's, whose name is? Do we know his name? Anyone? Um, Milburn Pennybags. His name is Milburn Pennybags. Which, oddly enough, is my name on Tinder. Milburn Pennybags. I go by Milburn Nickelbags because, you know just trying to impress the ladies. It's incredible what gets baked in. Incredible what gets baked in. The other way we see this, things get get baked in, is when a lie is not confronted. We see this over and over again. We see something not confronted. We see a narrative move forward. And then, well, that, that's the end. And it's very hard to push against it. This is a great example, as we were discussing earlier, of why it is so important to fight back, so important to push back against media narrative. And as you've seen of today's cable news media and others, uh, the, the, the print media, man, do they despise that. And they work overtime to push back on that. The desperation in the narrative to connect January 6th with September 11th, great example. Push it, push it, push it. Get it to bake in as the accepted and then let history do its best to try and overturn it. We see it all the time. All the time. So I appreciate uh, Christopher uh, saying, yeah, the Monopoly Man does not does not have a monocle. I I, I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know, so, now some things bake in because uh, they're they're absolutely true. Some things bake in, like for example, Joe Biden is an old man who can't do the job. Joe Biden is the guy who does this. 
And, you know, when you've bounced a few checks like I did, you know, when I was trying to get started, it, uh, anyway, that's over. <laughs> Joe Biden can't figure out how to get off a stage. Joe Biden takes 27 naps a day. Joe Biden is vacationing in Delaware while Americans are being held hostage in, in Gaza. If Trump did that, the 24-hour news story would not stop. Biden does it, and you didn't see it. You don't hear about it. But he did it. So the Mandela effect is about this collective misremembering. Media is much more insidious. Media is about the purposefulness of prevention of discussion. The Mandela effect is this just weird phenomenon. The media effect is proof that 1984 by George Orwell, for some people, really is an instruction manual. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has said very clearly, we support Hamas. I said it, and I meant it, and I will prove it. This is bigotry from Joe Biden. He isn't grandfatherly. He isn't decent. He is despicable and low-rent and not worthy of your time or attention. And shame on America for voting for him. Of course Trump would be better. I'll prove it. That is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today.